Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So these two Rottweilers came out through the gate to the street where I was on a leash with my dog. And before I could pick up Vinny to protect him, one of the Rottweiler got Vinny and he sustained critical injuries. Did Vinny die? This is the plaintiff, Sarah. She says two ferocious Rottweilers attacked her dog, and it was like watching a lion attacking an antelope he wanted to eat. Her poor dog was shaking like a stuffed animal, and all she could do was scream because she didn't know what else to do. Her dog ended up spending five hours in surgery and four days in an ICU. Luckily, he survived. The defendants never apologized, won't pay for the vet bills, and she's suing for every single penny of the $5,000 she's owed. These are the defendants, Trevor, Megan, and Kathleen. Megan says her mother Kathleen is disabled and was in the yard and somehow the dogs got loose. The plaintiff's dog ended up biting her mother. Her eight-year-old kids were traumatized by the overly dramatic plaintiff who spit in her face and threatened her. And they don't owe this woman anything. They're accused of letting their dogs loose. The defendants have filed a countersuit for $5,000 for pain and suffering and medical bills. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. Be seated. Come to order, please. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. Welcome, okay, everyone's asked not to refer to their last name, so we'll respect that. Sarah, you're suing Trevor and Megan and Kathleen for $5,000. According to you, your vet bills actually exceed that and have, are in the $7,000, $8,000 range. Um, because according to you, their dog attacked your dog. You have a counterclaim against them, or Kathleen does. Who's Kathleen? Okay, you, Kathleen has a counterclaim against her for $76 in medical bills and $4,924 in pain and suffering to reach the 5,000 statutory max as well. Let me hear from you first. I decided to take my dog, Vinny, uh, for a walk on June 19th, 2015, around 11.30. He was on a leash. And I was walking down the defendant's street, and I heard no stop yelling from the defendant's house. 
and I turned around and I saw these two big dogs, later found out they were Rottweilers, and they were just charged and running down the yard through the open gate. And before- uh, Was that a home? Yeah. Okay, and so the gate was open at the home? Yeah, I just want to explain to you the way house is situated. The defendant's house is situated in the back. They have a huge front yard. And this, even though it's fenced, the gate was completely open. So okay. these- Okay, was it open because it was broken or was the gate door that you walk in and, and out of was open? No, it was the driveway gate. Uh -huh. At that point, uh -huh. I didn't know it was broken. Okay. Later on, the defendant uh, agreed, uh, it was broken, okay. she stated, and I have a notarized report for that. Okay. Um, so these two Rottweilers came out through the gate to the street where I was on a leash with my dog, and before I could pick up Vinny to protect him, one of the Rottweiler got Vinny, and he sustained critical injuries. Did Vinny die? No, thank okay. God. All right. Thank God. So what happened? Well. I'm screaming because I didn't know what to do. This is all new for me, and I'm trying to help Vinny, and I screamed, and this Rottweiler did not let go of him. It was almost like he was treating him like a rag doll. And luckily, there were some neighbors coming around us, and one of the neighbors what separated. What kind of dog is Vinny, I'm sorry? Kakapoo, and okay. he was 20 pounds, a okay. small, fluffy dog, oh. healthy dog. Okay. And one of the neighbors separated them. And I went closer to him to console him. He was crying and he bit me because he was traumatized. And at this point, the defendant, the older woman who was left this dogs under the care of, um, she came down to the street and I was like, how could you leave the gate open when you have these two ferocious dogs? I was told, you know, I'm coming to check on your dog. And I told her, get away from us, get away from my dog. And another neighbor who was kind enough came and got us, you know, put us in the car and took us to the veterinarian. And he said, um, Vinny is critical, and do you want us to revive him? And we said, do whatever you need to do. Please help him. And the surgeon had told us that he has a hernia and uh, multiple rib fractures and more skin injuries. So the surgeon had told us to go home. So me and my husband drove on the street, a defendant street, and we saw a man and a woman right in front of the attack, where the attack happened. So we both got off the car and we said, how could you let this happen? Okay, are you referring to the two of them when you say we saw a man and a woman? Yes. Okay, go on. No. It wasn't no, the two of you? Who was it? I've never even met them. Who are you to... Well, I think it's... Who, what, you are Trevor? Yes. All right, and what is your relationship to Megan? I'm her husband. Okay, who were you out there with? Uh, a friend of mine came to help me. Um, my daughter had been in the hospital, so he was coming to help me. My mom had to go to the hospital. I had a newborn, and I have two other kids. So he was there with us when they arrived. All right, so you weren't present, correct? I was not present when the and, event occurred. And I was you were not, after. yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. You were not present when the event occurred. No, I, for any of it. Okay, but you were. I was. All right, what happened? Uh, I was out in the driveway. I had just uh, washed both the dogs. Um, my daughter was in the hospital with my new granddaughter, who was premature, having breathing problems, and we were expecting. How's she doing? Uh, she's getting better. Uh, 
we were expecting them home um, with you know that day. Uh, so I decided that the smartest thing to do, being that she was having breathing problems, was to clean off the driveway, get rid of the debris and whatever, you know, leaf debris, you know, any pollen or anything. Make sure the dogs were clean. Make sure the vacuums and you know the floors and the floors were clean. Um, so I was pretty much done with all of that. I had washed the dogs. I just sat down. Um, with my eight-year-old granddaughter. Okay, did you have any help, or were you able to do that? Well, my, my eight-year-old granddaughter is a giant help. Okay. <laughs> um, it was basically directing traffic, pretty much. Um, I had just sat down, and he, uh, this is Mac, he's my, he's my service dog. He saw the plaintiff and her dog walking up the street. They had just started to approach our property. When you say approach your property, they're on the public right of way. They were right? on the road, okay. uh, but they were just coming into view because there's blockage on the neighbor's side. Mm -hmm. He alerted, uh, he just barked. He, he pretty much picked up his head and barked. Uh, at that point, she, uh, the plaintiff looked over saw the two dogs who were still laying down at that point and yanked her dog up and the dog yelped. I totally understand. Right. You know, they're big dogs. Yeah, they're Rottweilers. And, it, and there's and an it's, open gate. Why is the gate open? Uh, well, is it I broken? Not any longer. No, was it broken then? Yes, it So was. why are you washing the two dogs without a leash in the front yard where they can go to the street? Ordinarily, they do not leave the property. Yeah, I know. He Everybody never leaves the property. They have total and complete mastery and control over the dog until they don't. Until the dog acts like a dog, sees something it wants, and comes out. I mean, this is, a, you know, this may be your first case. It's not mine. This is what I do all day long. There's no reason to have the gate open. And if okay. it is open and you can't get around to fixing it, keep your dogs inside or when they're outside, have them on leash because you have to have your dogs under control. And that's where the problem lies. Now, you, you, what happens? The dogs okay. get out. So the dogs get out. Um, actually, Mac never left the property. Buddy ran out. Is this Mac or Buddy? This is Mac. Where's Buddy? At home. Buddy's at home. Okay. Lay <laughs> down. You said his name. <laughs> um, Buddy got out. He did grab the dog. Um, there was a bit of a tussle, a tug of war. Um, the neighbors came over. They got the dog separated. I came out. I made sure the dog got in the gate. I made sure the, the neighbor was closing the gate. Um, and I went over to make sure that she was okay and to see if the dog was okay. Uh, I reached out. The dog bit me a couple of times on the hand. Uh, he was upset. Her dog. Yes. Right. He was upset. She was upset. I totally understand. At that point, I was bleeding. Um, it was not. It was not stopping. And I called my daughter to let her know what was going on. And Pardon she'd me. had the baby how Six. much earlier? She was. She uh, was. The in baby the was Six. two months old, okay. if that. All right. So tell me your contact with her. Her husband got out of the car, and asked what the address was. I gave him the address. She got out of the car. I turned to her. I said, "I really hope." that your dog's okay, I'm really sorry this happened. And she started screaming at me. How dare you do this to me? What is wrong with you? I said, listen, I wasn't home. I was not there to prevent this. I feel horrible. You don't need to be there to prevent it. You need to keep your gate closed. No, I- It needs to be closed. I completely so, understand. And if you're leaving two Rottweilers in the care of somebody who can't close it, that's a problem too. Excuse and me. everything's fine. I'm washing the dogs in the front. Whoa, what's the problem? Me. No, no. Excuse you me. You got it. No. No, I will not excuse you. I'm in the middle of talking and you can't interrupt me and I don't want to hear any more testimony from you.
Welcome back to the People's Court. Harvey Levin here. Um, kind of special today. Uh, we're in LA and we are going to talk to people on the TMZ uh, celebrity tour bus because, hi guys. Because we figured, let's let's get a sample of people from all over the country, tourists and whatnot, talk about the People's Court, talk about where they're from and whatnot. This case, my question is, uh, you got a dog owner who says, I didn't know the gate was broken. Is that ever a defense if the dogs get out? No, it is not a defense, Harvey. It is not. A why not? I mean, why not if the person says, look, I did everything. Okay, I didn't know the, I didn't know the gate was broken. Because at the end of the day, you have huge dogs and you should know that you should use extra protection to keep your dogs in. Fair point. What do you think? I've got a dog and I would be responsible even if my gate got broken. But what if they just didn't know? You're always liable for personal property. It's under unlimited liability. Okay, what's the song? What's the song I'm thinking of? We let the dogs out. <laughs> Going inside the courtroom. You're the reason that this happened, ma'am. You shouldn't be washing those dogs in the front lawn. Even if you meant well, you should be telling that eight-year-old who apparently is spick, spick and spanning the entire house, helping you wash dogs, she can close the gate. It was incredibly careless. She should not come home to this if you're trying to help her. She should not come home to this. This was more important, but nobody thought. Nobody thought about it. It wasn't on purpose. Nobody thought about it. So she's out there, according to you, she's screaming a high heaven and going nuts and everything else. And then what happens? They got in the car and they left. I went back to the house and I tried to put together my house. I had to take my mother to the emergency room. Because, because of? She was bitten. Okay. Can I see the emergency room papers? So you go to the hospital and you're suing for $5,000 based on your injuries at the hospital. But, so what were your injuries? Uh, my finger was bitten, the top was bitten off. Uh, I have some nerve damage. The Do you have any bed. evidence that you have any nerve damage? No. From a doctor, that would? I, okay. I did not ask the doctor to search. I mean, I showed what did her they do the, the follow-up. What, what did they do at the hospital? Uh, they cleaned it out. They debrided it. Uh, they gave me a tetanus shot, and they bandaged it up. All right, look, you're 100% right. You're 100% wrong. On your lawsuit for the dog biting you, I have to decide, well, why did that happen? Well, that happened because the two Rottweilers got out through the gate where you had them unleashed in front of the house, and they were able to get out through the gate. So the fact that the dog bites you is predictable. Folks, you need to understand that in these cases, we're never looking at what the dog did. We're looking at, the dog's an animal. They're supposed to act like animals. What we need are the humans to act responsibly. So when liability is assessed, it's based on the conduct of the humans. You get that, right? It's all about the gate. So on your counterclaim against her, zero, because it happened because you left the gate open and had the dogs unleashed in front. And on your lawsuit against them, the statutory maximum is $5,000. Your medicals are way above that. I, I'm awarding you the $5,000 and ordering them to pay you. Thank Good you. luck, folks. Thank you. So the defendants are out of the courtroom right here. You just heard that you lost this case. You shed tears during the case. What was going through your mind there? Mom? Well, um, you know, again, it's a regrettable thing. No one ever denied that, you know, the dog got hurt. You understand that you're completely in the wrong, even though you're nice people. We understand. And it, it, it's very unfortunate and should never have if happened. you're going to wash the dogs, you have to wash them inside the locked gate next time, right? Of course. All right. So you've learned the lesson here? you have any last word here? Normally the gate's closed. Normally, but it wasn't. But since then, we've fixed the gate and installed a run. Okay. 
All right, right around the corner, please. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so you just got the maximum award. Step in here. Is that uh, does that make you feel better? Yep. And you know, justice been served, and hopefully, Vinny's case is a lesson to all the dog owners, big dog owners, dangerous ones, to be more responsible. How's Vinny doing? He's doing good. He's doing great. Thank God. Today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Vinny. <laughs> Harvey. Okay, the damages here were a lot. The reason they chose small claims is simple. It is cheaper and quicker. And that will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. This is the plaintiff, Stephen Folsom. He says he brought his car to the defendant's garage to have some work done on the engine. And one of his guys damaged the hood. That's right, they dented it. And now they're denying they damaged it. He had no idea the defendant was a shady businessman and is suing him here and now for the 100 bucks it's going to cost him to fix his Jeep. This is the defendant, Will Rempart. He says the plaintiff is the shady guy because when he paid him for the repairs to the engine, the guy shorted him $100. Now he's saying one of his mechanics damaged his hood? Ah, funny how the plaintiff only mentioned the so-called damage to the hood once he started asking about the missing 100 bucks from the bill. He's accused of acting like a real hood. All parties, please raise your right hand. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff brought his car to the defendant's repair shop, says guy damaged the hood, but the defendant says the plaintiff's a fraud. It's the case of boys on the hood. Stephen Folsom, you are suing WR Auto Repair, represented here by Will Rempart? Yes. Yes. You're the owner? Yes. Okay, for $100 in property damage that you say he owes you for damaging your hood. Okay, that, tell that me what's correct. going on. Well, Your Honor, um, August 1st, 2015, I had a problem with my vehicle. I was driving and then the vehicle started I can barely hear you. And then the vehicle started overheating. And you know, when I had to t drive off the road and to get it to safety, I had, you know, I needed a place to have the plate have the vehicle repaired. So I sought uh, remedy from the defendant and I explained to not the defendant but a defendant representative of the actual problem, which was an overheating radiator. So they were, you asked them to replace the radiator, they decided to replace the radiator? That is correct. And uh, then what happened? Paid for the service, and then I went, I just left. And then I was driving to work the next few days. The next thing you know, I was driving home, and then the vehicle was really overheating. It, it was overheating to the point where I really couldn't drive it any, any further. It what, was, what year car is this? It's a 2001 Jeep Grand Cherokee. All right, and then, with them, what happened? You had it towed back to their place? I had it towed back to the facility uh, by my insurance company. Yes, and what did, what did they say to you then? The defendant himself, when, I, when he actually, well, the conversation that I was having with the tow truck driver on the way in, the tow truck driver visibly noticed the defendant and his representative kind of shadily hiding behind the car, you know, car window. What are you talking about? <laughs> you brought your car back to them and, uh, and what happened? They look at it and they say it's what? So they're looking like, you know, oh God, here's this guy coming again. Like, and so I know just because I'm, you know, an honest citizen and I can understand that when people are doing something wrong, they're trying to hide behind something. So what bush were they hiding behind in their own truck? 
It wasn't really that that way, Your Honor. But the situation. Are you gonna get to the point? What was it? You brought back the car. Okay, and I brought then back what? the car, and then the guy takes it off the off the truck, and then I say, you know, I walk up to the defendant and say, well, this is the problem. I'm going to work. The car's messed up right. again. Right, and so what, I'm, I'm going to you. What did you say to him was the problem if you guys had just fixed the radiator? But when he came back, he told me the radiator is leaking again. Okay. At, and uh, <clears throat> I told him it's a new radiator, and the radiator is fine. I tell him, you have to replace the fan, the radiator fan, and a water pump, because the water pump is leaking. <clears throat> and he says what, no or yes? He said yes. Okay, and do you do that? After that, I do the job. And, and then I, he takes the car back? He takes the car back. And everything is fine? He never he take the car back, he never come back. He okay, never called me. But according to your statement, he owes you still 100 bucks. 100 dollars. And uh, well, why'd you let him take the car without paying you in full? No, because I wasn't making a mistake. He gave me 300 when I count the money, and I called him um, next day. I told him, um, I make a mistake. You're supposed to give me, we make a mistake. You're supposed to give me like $420. You give me like uh, 320 He told me he's going to go back to the car to check the receipt. And he, te and, uh, he texted me back. He told me I'm right. He's going to give me um, uh, two more. After that, so you made a mistake and you undercharged him $100? But he right. Got that, is that what you're saying? It. Yes. I mean, and let me see the text where he says, oh, gosh, you're right. Yes. You no, no, stay oh, where you sorry. are. I'll give it gotcha. to my bill. He gets very nervous when people come near me. <laughs> very jealous <Yes>. man. <laughs> Did he, in fact, let's jumpstart this. Did he, in fact, tell you um, that we made a mistake in the payment here, you owe me another $100? Well, actually, you're right. Yes or no? Yes. And did you but say to him, yes? But that was still a text yes, message, we, not a phone call. Okay, that whatever. Was, so it, it, he said text message. That's why he's looking at his phone. He said, he said, he said, he said, I Okay, everybody just stop. And did you say to him, I'll bring you the $100? That is correct. I did and say that. And then you didn't bring him the $100? Well, that, that is correct. Did your car break down anymore after this, or My is it My car fine? did not break down. That, like I, so he does a repair. You owe him $100, and yet you're here suing him for $100. And why is that? My hood is damaged. That Let's talk about that. What happened? Okay, I was in I was in Ocean City, Maryland at, at one point, Your Honor. And a few days, the day after he, the uh, defendant sent me the text. So I said, okay, I made the mistake. You know, he said that he made the mistake. And I said, okay, no problem. When I come back, I'll give you the $100. Okay, so hold on. You pick up the car on what day for the last time? Uh, it's uh, August uh, 26th. And August then you leave to Ocean City, Maryland? That is correct. When? Uh, the, the very next day. And then you are in Ocean City, Maryland from August 27th through when? Yeah, I think it's uh, 20, the 30th. The 28th through the 30th, I'm sorry. All right, and then you come back on the 30th, and what happens? Well, no, before, actually before that, the, the day before I come back to New Jersey, I'm actually, me and my wife are coming from uh, farmer's market. So I'm walking out of, the, out of the store, and I'm you know, going to let her in the vehicle. So as I'm going into the passenger side of the vehicle, I'm, I'm walking to the car, opening the door, and I'm like, what's, going, what's wrong with my car? So then when I'm walking you know, close up to the vehicle, I visually inspect it, put my hand on, look at it, and my hood is bent. May I see a picture of the dent in your hood? How have you assessed that the dent in your hood is worth exactly $100, the amount you owe him? Well, actually, Your Honor, a few days after the discovery in this case, I actually looked online and did the research to see how much it would be to How can you possibly replace. look online to know what it would cost to do body work on a car? And what am I looking at? That's, that's the, the Why don't you come over here, cowboy? And show me where I can see a dent on this, because I don't even know what I'm looking at. First of all, do you have a real picture, or you just have this? I, I have one on myself. Okay, right. that'll do, that'll do. Let me see the picture, because that'll be better than this.
Is this glass? No, that's that's the hood. That's metal. What's that? Oh, that's a reflection. Right, a reflection. Okay. And where's the dent? Because I really can't. It's really, it's not really, and it's like a, a indentation, like the hood is like. Pushed. So you're referring to like that, that, that's, that and then correct. all of a sudden it's it, wider that, there? That's correct. What do you think he did? Open your hood and hit it from the bottom to make it lift a little bit I that way? Because that's not even like something that somebody would do like this. Your Honor, I have no. Are you making all this stuff up because you don't want to pay the guy his $100? Exactly. No, that is, no. Well, exactly. That's, well, that's, go ahead and go back there because I don't want to be um, hostile to you when you're that close because you're a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. The, it, it, that's like the first reaction that I have. But then that doesn't make sense because he's not just sitting at home saying that. He is filing a lawsuit against you and saying that. He could sit at home and say that, and I got a feeling that you would say, ugh, and just go like that, because I can't help but notice that you're here and you didn't counterclaim against him for the 100 bucks. And he never called me. I know, but <laughs> you are here and you never counterclaimed against him for the 100 bucks, and the reason for that is what? Too much trouble? You just want to be done with him? No, because the way he texts, I think he's not going to give it to me. But I, mean, I know, but you're here, and I can make him give him to you, and then you didn't counterclaim. But he come in, and he, he didn't want me here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to America. This is how it works. Okay. <laughs> so is this plaintiff a little suspicious? Definitely so. And my concern is that the plaintiff didn't bring the evidence up at the beginning of the trial. Only when you owed 100 bucks. Yes. Point. What do you think? Um... Uh, that's what I think, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going inside the courtroom. What evidence, Mr. Folsom, do you possibly have that this repair company, who was um, busy repairing your car, somehow did something that caused your hood to go, when closed, to see the seam go like this and then a little bit higher? What on earth did he do? Was he in your car hiding from other customers in a shadily fashion? <laughs> what? Your Honor. What I, evidence do you have? I have never been in an accident in that vehicle, ever. He checked the car before he left. However, Your Honor, when I, when I was at the shop, a little bit after, when I left, went home, I, I actually went to inspect the work. Well, maybe you don't know your own strength. Maybe you're the one who dented it. No, I didn't, no. Before, before no, I you, didn't. Take the, you take the picture, whatever I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. You take the picture. But you look, if you like, take a picture, how do you not notice what you noticed here? Well, exactly. actually, no, the reason why, Your Honor, is because every time I went into the shop, because you had the vehicle don't for Don't look at him, talk to me. Oh, I'm sorry, the defendant right. had the vehicle for two extra weeks. And no, it, I don't care, answer what I'm asking. Okay, me every- aquí, me aquí. It itches me here and you're scratching me here. Scratch me here, okay. answer my question. Every day, okay, Your Honor, Your Honor, every day that I went into that, that facility, my hood was up. There was no way that I... Yeah, that's how cars get fixed. Would you please tell me, if you looked at the car, picked it up, inspected the whole thing, and photographed it before you took it from his place, that's what they well, tell I, No, actually, before, I didn't ins- I didn't inspect it right before. I didn't take the picture, you know, what I took the picture when I was going into the shop. I just happened to be oh, there. Oh, yeah, on this the day the- that you're picking it up, no, you're no, taking no. pictures of the car, you don't notice anything, and then you notice it three days later, but he should pay you $100. No! Verdict for the defendant. Thank Oy. you. You heard the judge? Yes. No. What's your reaction to this? Um, I'm devastated. I'm, de- I'm devastated. How, well, how come? Well, because the, the, the gentleman know that he actually damaged my know, Well, you keep saying that, and it's, you suspect them, and it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to come into court and actually prove it. Well, 
that vehicle was not damaged when I left it at the facility, and when I went to pick up the vehicle, it was damaged. Yeah, well, why didn't you point it out right away? I didn't see it until after the fact. You, need, you should have examined it more closely. Okay, we see what you need to do next time. All right, right around this way. He thinks you did it. I, no, I didn't. He thinks you did it. I didn't do it. Because when I, when I keep calling for the money, after four days, he called me, he told me that my jail would, and he sued me for $100, he owed me. All this for $100? For you $100. You think he went through all this? All just this for the time. And in the hood, if I had my jail, I don't think the hood is going to cost for $100. It could be more. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do you think, Harvey? So this guy didn't have a case, didn't damage the hood. But if you do think somebody might have damaged your property, check it before you leave the repair shop. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case on the way into the courtroom right now. These are the plaintiffs, Julio and Nancy Riggio. Julio says his daughter lived in the defendant's house with three other girls for the four years they attended college. And now that they've moved out, the guy's turned into a villain. The man must have something wrong with him or something, because he's withholding $382 of security for a non-issue. And he's here in the name of justice suing him for the return of their money. This is the defendant, George Dallas. He says the plaintiff installed track lighting for the girls four years ago. And when they moved out, he took the lights with him. The lease states the lights would become his property when the tenants moved out. The guy ripped them off the ceiling and he withheld some security to cover his loss. End of story. He's accused of lighting up a dispute. All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiffs say that their daughter is a college student was taken advantage of by the landlord, but the defendant says the girl and her roommates took the lights on the ceiling with them. It's the case of the lights but are the out and no one's home, literally. Julio and Nancy Riggio. Riggio. Yes. You are suing George and Carmela Dallas. You have authority to represent uh, Carmela. Is that your wife? Yes. Okay. You're child's former landlords, but I guess you guys signed the lease? Yes. yes. Okay. For $382, representing your portion of the security deposit, which has been withheld from you, you say wrongfully. Correct. Okay. What happened? On a, pretty much on February uh, 26, 2011, we did a walkthrough in the house that my daughter took with three other, three other girls. And we walked through and pretty much saw certain things that we, you know, how to get done in the house. And pretty much when we walked upstairs, there was one light fixture in the, in the bedroom and one light fixture over the stairs, like a, a porcelain fixture, a single lamp fixture. Okay. So I asked George pretty much if I could do something with the lighting, pretty much because it wasn't adequate. Are you an electrician by yes, trade? Yes, I am. Local okay. three. Now, why were the girls going to be living there? Was there a reason? Was it college? For college. Okay. Where, can I, can mom, can you yep. switch with her and let me just have her in here for a moment? And where were you going to college? I went to Sacred Heart University. All right. And you lived in the same house all four years? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No dorms over there? <laughs> there were, but we, we were there for six years total, so. Everything was smooth sailing? Yeah. Uh, every year you'd renew the lease? Yes. Okay. Um, ever any increase in the rent? No. Okay. So, Dad, you ended up changing the lighting. Because according to you, you had his authority to do so. And yes. you changed it to what? I actually, in the, over the stairway, there was one fixture, one porcelain fixture. I removed that and put a track light with four, four heads on it. Four cans? Four, four, like, yeah, four, you know, removable, you know, tracks. Yeah. So you could pretty much tilt them where you want to. Yeah, yeah. They had two desks set up in that area. And in the bedroom, there was also a single light. I removed the single light and put up two surface-mounted four-foot 
fluorescent lights. Surface. Uh, I have a picture of them if you want. Yeah, to take can a I see a picture? Because yes. that I'm having a hard time. Yes, picturing. I'm sorry. And let me see any emails between you. Yes. That's old. Okay, so that's the light that was there. Correct. Oh, and then you put these. I, I, long... I took them down already because I didn't have them at the time with a picture of them. Do you have a picture of the track lighting? No, I don't. Do you? All right, so when you're moving, you send an email to him saying what? Pretty much I sent the email saying that we will be, you know, once we leave at the end, least I would like to know if you'd like to purchase the lights. The track lighting that the, you put up, that he gave you permission to put up? Yeah, well, I would remove them. I mean, I, I gave him the option. I was pretty much saying if he does one, since there was only one, you know, an old fixture there, I figured if he wanted to leave it to pretty much modernize the place, I would leave him there and charge him for it. If not, I would remove them. So he decided that after four years, without an increase, he said, with the, with the rent, that he would think that this should stay. Did you keep the original light that was there? Yes, I did. I, when, I, when I removed, I left it in the closet up in their bedroom, and then when I pretty much took my, old, my fixtures down, I replaced what was there. The only thing I didn't replace was, to be honest with you, Anna, is uh, in the, uh, over the stairs. I didn't have time running late, so I pretty much I left the track there. Right, and so I left you didn't one patch up the holes at the track left and replace that no, light. The track like was you, still there. I never took the track down. No, the yeah. track was still there. Right? That the means that he's got to do something. Well, that he, means he has to do something. He has to put lighting in that track, pay an electrician, and have the guy well, come and replace the can. You were kind of surprised when you read the email, right? I, I was very surprised, and I also cited the clause in the lease that indicated that anything well, that no, was... No, no, no. If you had t what, what ends up happening is, let's, let's take a step back. You end up sending him a, an email on Friday, February 20th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon saying... The two lights upstairs in the bedroom and the track light are going to be removed and replaced with original light with the original light that was there. If you want them to stay, the lights cost us $100 and the track was 150. Please let us know. On February 23rd, 3 days later, when was going to be the end of the lease? The uh, month of February? June 1st. June no. 1st. Oh, June. So, okay. Yeah. On February 23rd, he sends an email back saying I'm a little surprised that you're looking to retrieve the lights that you installed four years ago. Perhaps the fact that there was no rent increase during the past four years would be enough to offset the cost of this improvement. And then any and all the above described work shall become part of the dwelling. So let me see the lease. Do, does anybody I want to see a good legible copy of the lease? Okay. Tenants will not remodel or make any structural changes, alterations, or additions to the premises and will not paint, decorate, install, attach, remove, or exchange appliances or equipment, nor change the existing locks of the premises without prior written permission of the landlord or his agent. Any of the above described work shall become part of the dwelling. Okay. So what he's saying is, yeah, he told you to go ahead and take it out and then you got to leave it the way it came, which is what most things say. Okay. But then he told you right away, four months before you removed the stuff, no, it's part of the dwelling. And he showed you this part. He says, so those belong to me. Do not remove them. And you remove them anyway. So now let's talk about, is it part of the dwelling is what I meant. Okay. The police says it's part of the dwelling, which is his argument. Tell me why that is part of the dwelling. Go ahead. Well, there's a clause in the lease that talks about anything that gets attached to the dwelling becomes part of the dwelling. Right. And I asked my attorney whether light fixtures are considered appliances and he said, in my inter his interpretation under Connecticut law is that a light fixture is considered an appliance. Right. So go ahead. What is it you kept of the security deposit and why? My cost of restoring lighting, which it was replacing four of the cans that had been removed. Okay. And 
okay, putting lighting back in that room instead of just having one fixture. Three okay, LED high hats, which I put in instead of the fluorescent lights because I didn't like but the fluorescent lights. Yeah, but lights. why do they have to pay that? Each high hat was. Uh, yeah, I know what. I'm is, sorry. Is Am I missing something? It's $50. All right, listen to me. Stop. He put this in the girls' room. That is what he had in the girls' room. He took that out. This is what you had. So if he took this out, he's trying to say, well, this is all you get. I agree with you. He's wrong. You get this. Go out and buy two of these. But what you did is to, rip, to actually install hi-hats and pay an electrician to do that. Why would they have to pay for that? Because my cost of purchasing two four-foot fluorescents okay, is actually greater. Prove it. Okay. I, I don't have a catalog here, but I know if I go to Home Depot, a four-foot fluorescent... You, okay, you kind of okay, have to prove that. ...is, is well over $100. Mm-hmm. Okay? Two what of say them, you, electrician, that four-foot fluorescents are? Four-foot fluorescent wraparounds, they probably, at Home Depot, if you want to buy them, they're probably about 60 bucks. Each or each, both? Each. Mm-hmm. So 120 and, and the bulbs. That's with the bulbs. They come with the bulbs in the package. But can, are, I say, can I say the something? The total is three hours of labor, which was 305. Switch plate, 59 cents. What was that? There were two, a couple of switch plates, okay, that were broken that I needed to replace and a couple of outlet covers that I needed to replace. What happened here, really? Seriously, because you couldn't have been nicer when this whole thing started out. I saw an email that you sent them early on. It's an email that you sent him on February 26, 2011, which was lovely. And it's talking to him it about is. being a parent and knowing that your girls are safe. And, and we did feel Your that girls way. are the best girls, colon. You have great parents, parents, colon. You already know your girls are the best. Who wrote this? Someone with a lot of soul. Was it you or your wife? Tell the truth. Both. Okay. It was really sweet. But you know? she wasn't there. I, no, it was you. I, no, it was you. And now Carmela and I know we have a new extended family. I mean, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you people are here. You're killing me. Neither can we. Well, I know, but you know what it is? Each of you, each of you are playing Canis Mas Macho over $300 when there's this relationship that's so cute all this time, you know? Well, all right, folks. Wanna, can I also I'm going to take, no, we're done. Okay. I'm going to take a short recess. I need everything, please. Okay. So if you're a tenant, are you allowed to take the lights when you leave? They improved the property that is owned by the landlord, so in all technicality, they can claim that property once it's been added. Wow, you sound like a real estate guy. <laughs> yes, I have my license. Okay, fair enough, going inside the courtroom. We've got you with permission to alter. We've got a lease that you signed, I didn't sign it, you did, Correct. that says any alterations become part of the dwelling. I think that what you asked me to interpret that as is, well, only if they're without permission. That's not how that reads. It says, A, you got, you got to get permission, and anything you alter is part of the dwelling. So I got to ask myself, is lighting part of the dwelling because it's an alteration? And obviously it is because there's no question it is. So, yeah, you're right. You get to have the track lighting, and you get to have the, the two, you know, uh, things. Does that amount to 382? Even by your math, it, put your hand down. Okay. Even by your math, it does. It amounts to 382. Because if it's $120 for that, and then you gotta pay an electrician a couple hundred dollars to come out there, even not getting to the cost of the cans, it's more than 382. So he's right, he has a right to keep the amount that he kept. By the way, there's no question that within 30 days he wrote the letter informing you of why he was keeping it, right? Mm -hmm. right. Okay because that would disable him from being able to claim it. But no, he's crossed every T and dotted every I. He's right, my verdict is for the defendant. 
You heard that gavel come down, and the judge say my verdict is for the defendant. Yes. Is the plaintiff here? Yes, I disagree with it. I, I never, you know, I figured the life fixture is not part of the dwelling, but I had permission, but I guess I already, you disagree you know, with it, but, but you I understand lost. it. Yeah, somewhat. I understand somewhat. So I guess when you, you read the lease, I guess you have to pretty much, even though you're- this whole nice relationship between you and the landlord, what, what, what broke down there? Wasn't he I, really a good landlord? No, no, not really. I, I, really? I pretty <laughs> much did a lot of work when in the house. When a landlord charged you All those nice messages? That was in the beginning, the four, four years when we first met. A yeah. lot of people say a lot of things when you first meet, but then after four years, I guess you, felt you see somebody's true colors. Okay, all right. Head right down there. All right, come on in here. And so you win your case. Uh, you feeling on this outcome here? I believe the judge made the correct decision. I wasn't trying to overcharge the tenants. I was trying to you know, just point out that my cost of replacing what they had You're done. You're charging them $1.50 for the plates and stuff like that? Uh, no, I, all I was, and, and by the way, none of the three other tenants had any objection. Okay. Harvey? You know, just so you know, Kurt, um, the law in most states is that it's the intent of what you do when you make an improvement to an apartment. And when you put lights into the walls, that's the landlords.